Thank you, Brother Urshan, and this distinguished general board, and all of the platform guests for your confidence in me to minister under the umbrella of your authority. Someone has said whatever women do, they must do twice as well as men, or they will not even be heard. So I've got my work cut out for me here tonight. Following these two illustrious, dynamic men of God who have so dramatically in a, a challenged us, but I want you to know that I have not come here by myself. You believe me, I have not come here by myself. I would not have come if he had not come with me. I'm aware of this distinguished honor of this shining moment to be privileged to challenge this magnificent audience in as brief a manner as possible with an inexhaustible subject, not a thesis, only a synopsis, with a challenging question. Why? Why? Somebody tell me why we don't pray. Why? Why don't we pray? We're living in the most dynamic and revolutionary decade of human history. Exciting things are happening around our world. There are pockets of revival with unbelievable results. Yet, we have not experienced the sweeping revival that the Holy Scriptures declare will come to reap the great and final harvest. This mighty sweeping revival will be distinguished by a great spiritual awakening of extraordinary prayer. Extraordinary prayer. Extraordinary prayer. Tonight, if we would receive it, following this history-making Home Missions Day, we could be standing on the front edge of that mighty spiritual awakening of extraordinary prayer. God is ready to bring forth the grand finale of the greatest production of the Spirit of God in the history of the human race. But He is waiting on us. He is waiting on us. He is waiting on us. Everybody in this room, he's waiting on you, and you're involved in this final harvest. The people of the name entrusted with the whole gospel to the whole world must, above all people, be an integral part of that extraordinary prayer movement, not only to witness it, but also be the vessels through which his mighty power will flow to accomplish it. God wants to birth through us the greatest things that has ever been born on planet Earth. We are the temples of the Holy Ghost made for worship, the chiefest part of which is prayer. Our bodies are made for prayer. When the Holy Ghost comes to reside in you, you cannot stop praying. If you're not praying, you don't have the Holy Ghost. 
because the Holy Ghost is a prayer warrior. The Holy Ghost prays without ceasing through everyone that has the Holy Ghost with uninterrupted communication. It's more than a few minutes here and there, hit and miss, sporadic prayer. Your very nature becomes a shrine in which the Spirit offers intercessions without ceasing, with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's not man's doing. They are spirit birthed. We may be destitute of all else, but with wrestlings, groanings, sighings, weepings, travailings, we become an awful weapon in the hands of God. The Apostle Jude calls it praying in the Holy Ghost. It builds up your most holy faith. It takes the gates off of hell and snatches them right out of the burning. Praying in the Holy Ghost is a dimension so powerful one can scarcely comprehend it. Before we leave this room tonight, I would to God that everybody sitting on these pews, oh, that you would pray in the Holy Ghost until this whole world would hear the rumblings of this place. This world's getting by too easy. It's because we're not praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost moves mountains. Shackles of sin are broken. Satanic strongholds are torn down. It breaks the deadlock and the stranglehold on any situation. Praying in the Holy Ghost rekindles fresh love and devotion and power in lifeless, backslidden churches and releases the glory of the Lord dramatically into our homes and our churches and our communities. Praying in the Holy Ghost is the most powerful force on planet earth. It gets to the devil like nothing else we do. He is not concerned about your ecclesiastical credentials. He's not concerned about your religious certification or your theological degree. But he fears and trembles when preachers, holy men of God, and churches are on their knees in mighty, fervent, persevering, unceasing prayer. Hallelujah. We can do no thing of real power until we've done the prayer thing. Why don't we pray? Thus our distinguished leadership is mobilizing this movement for a world prayer meeting. Would you say that with me? A world prayer meeting. The Holy Spirit is calling this body of believers to fervent, unceasing prayer. The highest call of all is to awaken this church. Let it become the inseparable link between prevailing prayer and closure on the Great Commission. Oh, tonight, we need every minister from the lowliest evangelist to the highest official to be ignited and reignited with a holy flame of prayer that would wake up every church in this great movement with mighty, fervent, persevering prayer against the malignant forces of hell that would spread like a prairie fire, like a raging wind. This church must go forth as bright as the sun, dispelling the darkness, waking this world to life, fair as the moon in the darkest night that's ever been. 
and as terrible as an army with banners going forth conquering and to conquer. That's what we've got to do when we leave this place. Our total state of affairs socially, politically, and spiritually call for action tonight. We need every minister tonight, every church tonight, ignited with a holy flame of prayer. I wonder if I could ask this distinguished leadership on this platform to stand with me and ask the question, why don't we pray? I wish you'd scream it at this audience. Why don't we pray? Again. Why don't we pray? Shout it again, Brother Urshan. Why don't we pray? You may be seated. Thank you. Joel's thrice uttered call to preachers. Let the preachers lead the way. Let the ministers weep between the porch and the altar. Let them example it. Let them preach it. Let them practice it. Let them lead us into concerted, perennial, unceasing prayer. Say, why don't we pray? Shout it again. The apostles gave themselves to prayer and, and exhorted every New Testament church, first of all, prayer. Pray without ceasing. Pray always with all prayer, in the Spirit, with all perseverance, for all saints, continue steadfast in prayer. Be constant in prayer. Pray in the Spirit, with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Oh, that men would pray everywhere. Shout it with me again. Why don't we pray? We need weeping, praying, fasting preachers who will pray, give me souls or take my soul. We need apostolic, powerful, prayerful pulpits and mighty praying churches praying with all prayer at all times for all men in all perseverance, meaning to push, to enforce with mighty, unceasing prayer to reap the great and final harvest with a sweeping revival and the restoration of all things. Are there any apostolics in the house? Why don't we pray then? Shout it at me. Are there any apostolics in the house? Be constant in prayer. Why don't we pray? The devil's pushing at us. We're to push back with prayer. Say, push back. Say it again. This is no time for casual praying. We must be a people with a cutting edge of mighty prayer. Struck from the anvil of this world's anguish that would disrupt, dislodge the satanic powers in the structures of our cities and snatch souls from the yawning mouth of a burning hell and withstand armies of demons that are ruthlessly and relentlessly ripping this generation apart. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? In this section, would you holler at me? Why don't we pray? Over here in this uh, section, shout it at me. It's a matter of life or death for every person you know, and that includes your families. Satan is seeking to destroy your young people. Your sons and your daughters will be devoured. Why don't we pray? It will take prayer and a whole lot of it to turn the battle back from the gate. 
Prayer changes things that need changing that would not be changed if we did not pray. Say it again. Why don't we pray? But I believe enough prayer of the people called by His name can stop anything the devil wants to do. Woe be unto us if we let any soul drop into hell that enough prayer could have spared them. I cannot overemphasize the critical nature of prayer. Prayer puts us into direct, dynamic touch with a world that is plunging headlong into hell and opens the door into dimensions beyond understanding. By all means, why don't we do as much of it as we can? The fate of this world is in the hands of praying saints. Do you know when a time of trouble like this world has never seen shall begin? When Jesus Christ, whoever liveth to make intercession, ceases his intersection, intercession in the sanctuary above. When he leaves his sanctuary, darkness will cover this earth and gross darkness the people. And there will be a time of trouble like this world has never seen or heard of. Mercy will no longer plead for the guilty inhabitants of this earth. The angels will never cease to hold back the fierce winds of the human nature. That's what happens when intercession is made. As long as our God is in the sanctuary above interceding for us. That's why we have an opportunity here tonight to do what we are doing. Because when he leaves his sanctuary and he, re, he, re, he relinquishes his intercession. I tell you there will be a time of trouble like this world has never seen or heard of. Say why don't we pray? The Lord intends this church to be a mighty factor in resisting the advance of satanic powers by intercessory prayer. To this church has been given the authority to rule over spirit foes. We must exercise that authority through mighty, persistent, fervent, unceasing prayer. Have you gotten my message? It's time to pray. Why don't we pray? Over in the back and away back there shouted, Why don't we pray? Shouted in the back. That's what needs to go up from here before we leave here tonight. That would be the rod of authority that would leave this place. That would go out from here and be felt around the world. And I believe it could happen. This gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is dynamite. But it is moving with such a slow pace because it is not ignited by mighty, mighty, unceasing prayer. This gospel will neither be slow nor dull when projected by the energies of unceasing prayer. The gates of hell can't stop this church if she's involved in intercessory, unceasing prayer. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? We are many and we are mighty. We've got the finest minds, finest speakers in the evangelical world with incredible talents, gifts, and machinery unsurpassed. Many of us are professedly orthodox, and thank God so many are. But the sad, brief, the sad fact remains, far too many of us are not men and women of mighty, fervent, unceasing prayer. Why don't we pray? Proverbially, maybe literally, we're picnicking at the mouth of hell 
while our nation and our cities and our homes and our families and yes, our churches are in serious crisis. Why don't we pray? More eloquent preachers promoting more and grander church programs transferring to other fellowships is not the answer. Carnal weapons will not work. Man's reach as extensive as it is is limited. Only with mighty prayer will we experience the limitless. We can pitch the tent, but until we bring up the ark, nothing, absolutely nothing's going to happen. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Everything is cheap in contrast with God's endorsement. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith God. Why don't we pray? Shout it with me. All the advertising, planning for Pentecostal Sunday will be going down the drain if we don't, even, if we don't get you to pray. God works by nothing else but prayer. We've got to undergird this awesome project with an awful lot of prayer. Why don't we start tonight? Why don't we let it leave this place with a prayer revival of extraordinary, a spiritual awakening of mighty prayer? Come on, folks, and shout it. Why don't we pray? It matters little how good we can preach, organize, or administrate. The natural man apart from God is doomed to failure and defeat. Our strength becomes enervated. Our minds are weakened. Our fancied powers are reduced and depleted. Even young men shall faint. And the resilient youth shall become weary. But those who know how to wait on God in intercessory prayer, they will soar to heights unknown. They'll penetrate the darkness. They'll invade the impossible. They'll explore God's boundlessness. They'll set new boundaries of possibility. Whatsoever things you desire, I will do it, saith the Lord. You set the boundaries of whatsoever things you desire when you pray, and I'll do it. Say, why don't we pray? Shout it again all over this building. Let this auditorium ring with the question, Why don't we pray? Nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer. Past, present, future, time, space. Nothing, nothing, nothing lies beyond its reach but that that lies beyond the reach of God. The unspeakable blessings of revival are reserved for those who wait on God in unceasing prayer. Why don't we pray? To no other energy is the promise of God committed as to that of prayer. Upon no other force are the purposes of God so dependent as that of prayer. He who inhabits eternity and created all things, stretched out the heavens, spread forth the earth, controls all things as sovereign Lord, stands before his universe, utterly unlimited and immutable. And in an act we cannot fathom, he makes prayer identical in force and power with himself. And in an act we cannot fathom the Almighty, the first, the last, which is, which was, and which is to come. He who has the keys to death and to hell. Hallelujah. He puts all power, say all power, into the hands of prayer. He highly esteems men and women of prayer. 
and promises them, whatever you need, ask of me and I'll give it to you. Why don't we pray? I've set watchmen upon my walls which shall never hold their peace day and night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give no rest until... God says, don't ever quit asking, and I won't ever quit giving. Take no rest and give me no rest. I'm waking up Zion tonight for Zion to wake me up. Say, wake him up. All over this auditorium shouted, wake him up. Say, we're going to wake him up. And if your neighbor's not awake, wake her up or wake him up. Shout at him. Say, wake up. Say, it's time to pray. Say, why don't we pray? Shout it out again. Why? Why? Jesus Christ committed himself to the force of prayer. Covering the whole range of human need with such inclusive and expansive words as whatever, whenever, wherever, whoever, all, any, every. These seven keys will unlock any situation if you will pray until in Jesus' name. Why don't we pray? There are no other conditions of success. Only praying hands can build for God and reap this final harvest. My beloved husband of 51 years, a holy man of God, has for 54 plus years prayed two or three hours every day, every day, every day, every day, and many nights, all night long, even here of late. And he said to me just a few days ago, I'd rather quit breathing than to quit praying. He would not even marry me until I promised to pray at least an hour a day and fast one day a week. I heard and said yes, so he wouldn't change his mind. He even asked God to kill us if it wasn't his will for us to get married. I said, that's far enough, Gerald. If you don't want me, somebody else does. <laughs> now, I'm an addict of prayer. I'm addicted to prayer. I'm addicted to prayer. I lit my torch for that life. I'm addicted to prayer. I know what prayer can do. I know what prayer can do. From any spot on planet earth, I can pray and touch three worlds and the beings in those worlds without leaving this spot. I can pray and touch heaven. If that's true, we're going to have a prayer meeting before we get out of here tonight. I can pray and touch heaven from right here. I can touch God from right here. I can touch His throne from right here. I can have influence among angels through prayer right here. I don't have to leave this spot to send a message to Africa. Hallelujah! I can pray right here tonight and touch earth, its circumstances, its occupants, and its enterprises. Prayer ignores distance and laughs at obstacles. I can pray and touch Satan and I can impose a victory over him that is vested in the name of Jesus. I'm going to do it before I leave here tonight. Say, why? Come on, everybody, open your mouth. Why? Why? Everybody, all up there, 
Keep us shouting it. I've got to get you involved. Why? Don't we pray? There will never be a soul winning program without it being undergirded with prayer. There's no limit to what prayer can do. Why don't we pray if we believe that? It goes through stone walls, past locked doors, into the inner room and touches the heart of man there. It knocks them down before I ever knock on the door. It gets them under conviction before they ever read the paper or the magazine. I know what prayer can do. It changes his decisions and bends or unbends his will. We're going to send some messages out of here tonight. We're going to touch heaven. We're going to touch earth. And we're going to touch hell. We're going to take the gates out of hell, off of hell, and we're going to snatch souls out of the burning. I wish somebody would wake up and shout, Why don't we pray? You ask, why are you always insisting on prayer so much? The answer is very simple. Because this Bible does. From Genesis to Revelation, this book is literally a library of resources in the practice of prayer. From the Pentateuch to the Apocalypse, prayer is God's sovereign and universal remedy. It is the root. It is the source. It is the fountain. If my people... I want you to say that with me. Which are called by my name. Will humble themselves. And pray. And seek my face. And turn. From their wicked ways. Phlegmatic. Slothful. Lazy. Lukewarm. Sluggish. Unexcited ways. Oh, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Are you comfortable sitting there? Why don't you stand and shout? Why don't we pray? Let it leave this auditorium and fill this city and bring everybody under conviction behind walls tonight. Let God do a work that would amaze us and astound us. God wants to astound this world with this church. Go ahead and clap your hands before you're seated and say, we will pray. We will undergird Pentecost Sunday. Yes.
may be seated for just a few more minutes to save through prayer. That ought to, that ought to wake us up. National, individual, temporal, natural, and spiritual blessings are promised if my people will pray. Nothing is too hard. No cause is hopeless. No accumulation of difficulties. No conditions are despairing. There are no adverse or inexorable conditions because God has committed His purpose, His proposals, His promises to prayer. Prayer is the only power in the universe to which our great Jehovah yields. God can withhold nothing from the prayer of faith. Prayer overcomes heaven and hell and actually conquers God in the sense that we seek to bind Him to His own promise. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face continually. You shall seek Me and find Me when you seek for Me with all of your heart. Why don't we pray, saith the Lord? My hand is not shortened that I cannot save. Neither is my ear heavy that I cannot hear. Why don't you pray, my people? An ox knows his master. A mule knows his crib. But my people have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. They've hewn them out, cisterns. They've tried to make it without me. But you're not going to. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. Thus you're like a ship without a compass. You're like a watch without a mainspring. You're like a locomotive without any steam. You're like an automobile without gas. You're like clouds without water. You're like a body without a spirit. Why don't we pray? If God heard Nineveh, a heathen city with only 40-day execution reprieve, who humbled themselves and cried out to God for grace and forgiveness. God heard and spared them for two centuries. Why don't the church call by His name, pray? I want you to holler that at me again. I want it louder than that. Thank you, great audience. Prayer is the unalterable, irrevocable message of this Bible. Why don't you read Esther? Why don't you read Nehemiah? Why don't you read Ezra pulling his hair? Why don't you read Daniel? Why don't you read Samuel? The destiny of this world was hanging on one person. Through prayer and fasting, one person standing in the gap changed the course of history. One praying person. Hear me. As long as this Bible remains, as long as this church remains, as long as there's a rainbow in the sky, if this people called by His name will humble themselves and pray mightily, truly, desperately, fervently, repentingly, God will answer us. Say, why? Don't we pray? I want you to shout into this audience again, most holy brethren. It's a sin not to pray. The holy prophet Samuel said that it was a sin against God. Prayerlessness is slapping God in the face. Prayerlessness is atheism. 
It is rejecting and setting at naught God's purpose, His proposals, and His promises. Prayerlessness ties the hands of God and limits God's power. That makes, a, that makes it a sin high on the list of transgressions. Prayerlessness is a sin against our nation and all who are in authority. Prayerlessness is a sin against the church our families, our children, and the wasting harvest. If we cannot talk together with God, working with Him is out of the question. Prayer is pulling God in His plan for a lost world. Why aren't we taking our cities for God? Say, neglect a prayer. Why aren't we having the mighty sweeping revival to reap this final harvest? Say, neglect a prayer. Why aren't we seeing more souls saved? Say neglect of prayer. Oh, you're not shouting that loud enough. Say neglect. Neglect of prayer. Why aren't we seeing more miracles? Why aren't our families being saved? Say neglect of prayer. Jesus Christ, Almighty God, walking in human shoes, came a long, long way to teach us to pray. No man prayed as Jesus prayed. He was carrying the awful weight of the responsibility for the souls of men. He handled it with prayer. His life was a prayer and prayer was his life. He made God look so good. I wish we could. Now he ever liveth to pray. And I want to ask you, how did we get so far from the pattern? Is there a Christian in this room tonight? Gypsy Smith said, you call yourself a Christian and you do not pray. You are a walking fraud and a hypocrite. Why don't we pray, Christians? Prayer was and is his unmistakable message. And here it is. Men, men, men ought always, always, always to pray and not to faint. Never stop. Never quit. Never faint. Always at it. No man will pray always who neglects the formation of the habit of regular prayer. Men ought always to pray. You got to get started with a regular habit. Why don't we pray? Then he gave us two powerful, pungent illustrations. And each story involves audacity, persistence, tireless, indefatigable repetition and importunity which simply means shamelessness say shamelessness that's importunity shamelessness he says shamelessly cry out day and night until persevere shamelessly as did the widow and the midnight petitioner you'll win knock as you would knock to get into Noah's ark if you were drowning in the flood Knock as you would knock to get out of hell if you would get out of hell by knocking. You see, a hungry man doesn't care how much you say shame on you for knocking at midnight. Inside that house, he's saying, I'm not getting up. On the outside, they're saying shame on you. The passerbys are saying shame on you. But he wants bread and he shamelessly, shamelessly knocks on a woman about to go to prison doesn't care how much you say shame on you for troubling the judge. She wants to be avenged of her adversary, so she just knocks on. O.J. Simpson doesn't care if it cost him $10 million. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. Why don't we knock? Why don't we knock? Why don't 
we knock, that's how men ought to pray. Say knocking. Say shamelessly knocking. Never fainting, never stopping, never giving up. Believe it. Hold to it. Don't collapse. Never quit. Never stop. Never give up. Never faint. Keep at it. It's too soon to stop. Jesus says, I knocked. Jesus says, I knocked. Jesus said, I knocked. I knocked with strong crying and tears while others were wrapped in slumber. Did you hear me? Jesus said, I knocked all night long on the mountains, knocking at the darkness. I stood and knocked. I knelt and knocked. I fell on my face and knocked when all hell tried to stop me. But I shamelessly knocked on. Shamelessly knocking until I sweat great drops of blood. But I destroyed the works of the devil. I left hell in shambles. I spoiled the principalities and powers. I triumphed. I triumphed. I triumphed. I triumphed. I shamelessly knocked. Anybody want to knock tonight? He says, that's how I did it. That's how you'll do it. That's how Abraham snatched Lot and his family right out of Sodom, knocking. That's how Moses spared Israel from God's hot wrath, knocking. That's how Jacob conquered the angel and became a prince with God, knocking. That's how Hannah gave us Samuel until her strength was knocked out of her, knocking. That's how Samuel changed Ichabod to Ebenezer, knocking. That's how Paul and Silas tore the jailhouse down and started a church at Philippi with the jailkeeper, knocking. That's how Peter, bound in chains in Herod's dungeon, was led out by an angel, knocking. That's how Eutychus was brought back to life and Paul just preached on, knocking on. Shamelessly knocking can snatch your family as a firebrand right out of hell. Does anybody need a family member snatched out of something tonight? That's not enough of people in here aroused about that. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. What would it take to wake us up? Why don't we knock shamelessly here tonight? Until we send a message to heaven, this earth, and to hell, shamelessly knock on. This church was birthed in a mighty, united, continued, earnest prayer meeting of nearly two weeks. These all continued with one accord, shamelessly, sleeplessly, tirelessly, steadfastly knocking. That's how we'll have 10,000 on Pentecostal Sunday. That's how we'll do it. Say, suddenly, the Holy Ghost fell in Pentecostal glory and power. They continued in prayer. Say, I've got my mind made up. I'm going to continue in prayer. Open your mouth and speak those words. Say, I... I'm going to continue in prayer. So I'm going to start tonight. Wake up my city, my home, my family. We're going to wake up this city before we leave here. Holler it over here. Why don't we pray? Everybody. The early church. We're the counterpart. They emphasized, centralized, and prioritized on prayer. And that's how they reached Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, church of the living God, called by His name, I ask you again, why don't we pray? Prayer is the keynote of this church. A church has no right to exist if it is not praying. A church not praying is near the gates of destruction and ruin. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And I will overturn, 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 overturn until it is a house of prayer. He's turning some things upside down in our lives tonight. And our churches in every city become a house of prayer. Say, why don't we pray? What keeps you from praying will cause you to miss the rapture. Because Jesus said, you better watch therefore and pray always. Or you're going to be snared. Materialism and narcissism has already snared us. Turn to Him with unqualified trust tonight. Turn to Him or He will never turn to us. Turn to Him with wholehearted obedience. Or He will make us despicable to this whole world. We better turn to Him with winning souls. Or He will never turn His anger away from us. We better turn to Him with unceasing prayer or He will withdraw His presence from us. All the mighty men and women of God outside the Bible have been men and women preeminent in prayer. They took hold of God dreadfully. I'm the rich heir of such a praying holy man. Devils and even death feared to enter where He prayed. Brother Urshan, you are our esteemed, beloved, venerable leader because a holy man of God took hold of God dreadfully for you and parents if you sit here tonight and your children are not saved I would advise you to take hold of God dreadfully 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 pastors or agonizing before God dreadfully we ought to be a people dreadfully in this hour taking a hold of God Someone came to John Knox, who was naturally a timid, backward young man, and said, The condition of Scotland is such, Knox, that someone must take hold of it. God is dishonored. Religion is cold. Formal, perfunctory, and powerless. Knox responded by saying, Sir, there is only one remedy, and I do that one thing well. I will change Scotland or I die. So well did John Knox do that one thing that Mary, the Queen of Scots, is remembered as saying, above all else she did or said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of England and Scotland is John Knox monument forever. When praying Hyde, whose physical heart had actually moved in his chest cavity, would go to the conferences, everybody would say, there's old crazy Hyde. Because as soon as he got there, he'd put his few belongings down, hit his knees and begin to pray with such groanings and strange utterings. But there he stayed until God moved in such glory and power in the conferences sometime as long as 36 hours. Demons were afraid to enter where John, where Hyde was. After he died, they came to conferences, but there was no old crazy Hyde. Neither was there any Holy Ghost power and glory. The glory had departed. They had ignored the source of power. Oh, crazy Hyde had been the source of dynamite to the whole conference. Oh, crazy Hyde, I wish you would visit our churches. Oh, crazy Hyde, I wish you would visit our conferences. Oh, crazy Hyde, I wish you would visit this generation. 
John Getty went to the New Hebrides Islands and prayed so fervently and unceasingly for souls so that when he died on his grave marker, they inscribed at his epitaph. When John came, there were no Christians. When he died, there were no heathen. Where did all those kind of prayer warriors go? And I close by telling you, we are We are, you and I, by prayer, we are the divine continuum to everything God has done in the past. Prayer will connect you with Abraham, Moses, Elijah, Paul, the church fathers, the Reformation, the Great Awakening, Azusa Street shouted at me, why don't we pray tonight? What would happen if everybody in this room would stand with me right now and raise your hands and go into intercessory prayer all over this auditorium? Oh, lift your voices. Let it sound like a roar. Let it sound like a rushing mighty wind. Touch heaven. Touch hell. Touch your city from this spot. Touch your circumstances. Yes. Yes. All over this building, let there be a roar in the balconies, on the rises, everywhere. Let it come forth from us out of our innermost beings. Don't let that cease. Don't let it stop. Everybody's hands raised with intercessory prayer. Everybody crying out until something grips you. We've got to become a praying people. Yes. Yes, weep. Weep. Weep all over this audience. Yes, we're weeping. Yes, we're weeping. Yes, we're weeping. Don't stop. Don't stop. Give us time here for just a few minutes with this. There's got to be a roar of this. There's got to be a mighty roar. Something's got to break out. Get out of this into our churches. Why don't we pray? Why isn't it breaking forth? Yes. All over this building tonight. Just a casual prayer. But let 
let something be birthed that would go to our churches, that would go to our pastors, that would go to our cities. Let it come in waves. Let it be felt in this city. Let it be the rod of your authority. Leave this place. Let it be the rod of your strength. Hallelujah. Let people receive the Holy Ghost standing around you. Let people be healed. Lay your hands on them and pray them through to the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the 15 or 20 that got the Holy Ghost. Yes. Yes. Let it break out of us. Let it turn us into a rushing mighty power and glory hallelujah hallelujah let it roar out of this place let it sound like a voice of many waters all up there shout it hands raised crying out please please take this home to your churches vision revival praying revival souls revivals Pentecost Sunday reaching our world worldwide revival extraordinary prayer revival break out everywhere extraordinary prayer revival I cannot
Bible spirit. Brother Dross, you get to that other one, they want your vision. We're not through just yet. They've given me this opportunity. How many of you in this building wants Brother Huntley's revival spirit? Cry out, I want that revival spirit. Come on, everybody. Don't you want that man's revival spirit? How many of you want Brother Drost? How many of you want his vision? Then shout it out. I want Bill Drost's vision. I don't mind telling you I have a mantle of prayer of more than 51 years every day. How many of you would like to have a mantle of prayer? Why don't you raise your hands and say, I'm going to become a prayer warrior. I'm going to become a revivalist. I'm going to become a visionary. We're going to become soul winners, prayer warriors, revivalists. How many of you young ministers will make your way to the front and you say, I want to have the revival that Brother Huntley is talking about. Quickly make your way to the front. How many of you will say, I want the faith of Brother Drost that I can raise people from the dead. How many of you want a prayer mantle? How many of you want a prayer life? Make your way to this front and let's join hands with our leaders and let's make an impression and an impact. Let's make a commitment. Hallelujah. I cannot. from our general superintendent. Don't leave. Just stay here, folks. Stay here with hands raised. Let it roar out of this place. Let a mighty, mighty something will be birthed in us tonight. Thank you. Thank you.
to do a great thing in our midst. Keep on your intercession. Let it break forth in groanings that cannot be uttered.